Well, well, well. Left my uh, left my tripod in the car. And I don't feel like going out and getting it. That's how uh, that's how lazy I am today. So it's out in the car. I've got the camera over here. Um, I don't even know. It looks like it's kind of crooked. Maybe I need to sit like this the whole time because I don't know. Maybe the angle's better. <laughs> maybe the angle's better that way. But um, yeah, so it's outside. I've got the GoPro set up over here on top of an old desktop computer that's on the desk that uh, doesn't work anymore. And for some reason, it's sitting on halfway on top of a mouse pad over there that I've got. It's a bunch of crap on this table. That was the table that we used to use um, to put a second monitor over there. But anyway, it's not important what it was used for. That table actually needs to go back outside. It was a table that I bought when my other dog died, Sophie. I buried her out in the backyard. I made kind of a, a little separate area. Most of the, uh, or all the flower bed at that point was, and this is not how I was starting the show at all, but most, all of the bed, all of that bed was red mulch in that bed. And uh, when my dad and I buried her at uh, midnight, 1230 or so, <clears throat> the night that she had died, we buried her out there in the, in the flower garden. Might be illegal. I don't know. Don't tell anybody to bury uh, pets in your backyard <laughs> in some places, but uh, she's out there. And um, what was I getting to? Forgot what I was saying. Oh, the mulch was all red and I made her little area. I made a, a circular area over her gravesite there with black mulch just to kind of delineate where she was buried. And then I bought this table that the, um, God damn it, I'm going to have to get my uh, power cord here. I'll get it in one second. But I buried her there and I put this table out there and a couple chairs as a viewing area where people could go out there. And if they just wanted to, to say hi to Sophie or if they wanted to hang out with her and and just uh, be in her presence there, um, they could sit at that table and chairs and just enjoy, enjoy uh, the life that was Sophie. So that's what I did. I need to put that table back outside. Hold on one second because my computer is going to keep going to sleep because I don't have it plugged in. I guess I could change that setting, but I'm not going to. Hold on one second. Come right back to you. Oh, headphones fell down. I brought the power cord up, but I forgot to plug it in. So That's where, if I had an intern of some sort, they would put all this shit together for me. So when I come up here, I've got it all together. And they would make sure that I've got, uh, you know, the tripod out of the car and in the room when I'm getting ready to start. They would have everything plugged in and make sure the computers are working and the soundboard is on. You know, all the shit. All the stuff. I say it every time. Um, I had everything else ready to go this time. Except for plugging in the computer and having a tripod. So I guess I didn't have everything at all. I didn't have, I had half of the stuff not done, really. <laughs> if I think about it further, um, got a candle I just lit. I forgot this was, this was even here. Still drinking water, by the way. We'll get to that here momentarily. Um, let's pull this out of the way so you can see the candle. This is a candle from Tar and Feather. Is it tar, tar and Feather? No, Tar and Feather Duo. So. Lori Rankin and um, Stephanie Timmerman make up that group. They played at Homegrown not too long ago, and they left me this candle, nicely decorated. It's got a picture of both of them on there. It says Tar and Feather Duo at the top. It's got some nice uh, trinkets and, and stuff on the candle. So I figured I'd light that for a little ambiance. It doesn't have a smell to it. It's not a scented candle. I wish it was. That would be nice. So... What am I talking about tonight? Who knows? Really? I don't know. Oh, that's the wrong password for my phone. There we go. Now we're in. See what my notes were. Just left my parents' house. I was out and about. Well, let's start there. Let's, let's uh, tell you about my day today. So, got up <clears throat> a little bit early. I had a, a medical appointment out at the base. By the way, I'm wearing this, uh, this nice... Uh, Death Touch from uh, Bloodsport, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
JCVD. One of my favorites, uh, one of my heroes growing up. Maybe not a hero, maybe inspirations. Uh, when I first started out in the martial arts, of course, Bruce Lee was on the scene, you know, mid-70s, early 70s, and uh, died prematurely there in the late 70s. But uh, that was a big inspiration for me. Of course, Black Belt Theater growing up, uh, that was on every day when I came home from school. Had all the, the VHS tapes from Bruce Lee. I had pretty much everything uh, by Jean-Claude Van Damme in the 80s. I used to collect uh, Black Belt Magazine and Taekwondo Magazine and Martial Arts Magazine. Just all, all different magazines. Any, anytime it came out with a cover that had Bruce Lee on it, I have that magazine still uh, downstairs. And, of course, Van Damme, uh, Chuck Norris, just all the guys, the main guys. There was a lot more people. Uh, Shokasugi, which was a ninja uh, in uh, ninjutsu. Who else? Uh, Cynthia Rothrock. I mean, too many people to name, but the main characters, of course, Van Damme and Bruce Lee. Uh, two totally different styles of martial arts, but um, martial arts nonetheless. So <clears throat> I got up, cleared my throat a little bit. I apologize. I got up, went to this medical appointment. I've been having some uh, some shoulder and some neck pain. Uh, you guys know if you've listened, you paid attention. I, I had a neck surgery three years ago. November of 2016, had an anterior cervical disectomy and fusion. So they went into the front here, went into in between C5 and 6 vertebrae there, took the disc out and uh, did a bone graft and uh, fused those two bones together. So now those, those bones are fused. And recently, well, I guess within the last year or so, I've been having some shoulder pain, some neck pain again. At the time, uh, before I had the, the neck surgery, the original orthopedic doctor I saw thought it was my shoulder. I've had a lot of damage done to this shoulder. It's got a lot of arthritic changes and uh, some calcium buildup, and uh, the space is just compromised in there, and I'm getting a lot of impingement. Nothing I can do about it. I've done, you know, I was in physical therapy and occupational therapy for many, many years, decades. I've done everything I can think of. Um, <clears throat> physically to change that joint space, uh, rotator cuff exercises, stretching, uh, distraction, all those types of things, uh, medicated heavily. I've had four cortisone shots in that shoulder, and I think it's about time something, something is done about it. Also within the neck, and just in the past year, I've had two epidural injections in the, uh, in the, uh, in the spine there to try and quell, is that the word, quell? What does quell mean? Does quell mean to stop? I think that's what it means. Let's take a look real quick. But um, have two had two epidural injections. The first one that I had back in January lasted about three months, gave me some good relief. I had a second one done in September because the pain had come back, and that one has done zero. Quell, put an end to. There you go typically by the use of force, uh, subdue or silence someone, suppress uh, a feeling, especially an unpleasant one. So I was trying to quell the pain, I guess. So it's good use of words right there. I didn't didn't even realize that that word was in my vocabulary. But there it is. It's right there. Looked it up. Google. So what was I getting at? So the second epidural injection did nothing. Um, I don't feel like the guy put it in the same place. It was a different... Um, anesthesiologist, uh, pain management clinic that did it. Oh, same clinic, I guess, but it was a different doctor. The original one that I had done back in January, that doctor has since retired. And this was a new guy. I don't fault the guy. Um, I think he tried to put it in the same place, but I think it just, uh, just was a tad bit off and just didn't work. And, um, yeah. So I went back to the doctor today out at the base, uh, he, during his examination, just based on what I told him and his examination of my neck and the shoulder, determined that he thinks everything is spurring from the shoulder, no pun intended, because there's bone spurs in there, but did some x-rays, he's got me set up, they're going to call me to do another, a new MRI on the shoulder, which I've had done previously three years ago, and then I'm going to see a new orthopedic doctor, so <clears throat> who knows, maybe... Some shoulder surgery might be in the cards for me in the future. So I did that, and then 
came home and I took uh, took 1,500 milligrams of Tylenol, about 800 milligrams of Motrin that I didn't take before the appointment because I wanted to be in pain when I went there. So I came home, took that. My shoulder was in a lot of pain from the manipulation that the doctor did and then the, the stuff that I had to do for the x-rays for the four different uh, views that they did of the shoulder. My shoulder was in significant pain. Uh, the neck was as well. I think it just, I think it's radiating up the trap muscle and into the base of the skull here. But so I took a three hour nap, two and a half, I guess, 245, somewhere in that range. I was just, I was beat. Um, and I hadn't even done anything. I came home. My intention was to take those meds and I was going to go out and do a little workout. I was going to do uh, some sprints and some push ups, sit ups, and things like that. Get a little workout in. I sat down in the chair. I was going to watch uh, a new show that just started on HBO called Watchmen, based on the movie that came out not too long ago, a few years ago, I guess. And uh, sat down to watch the second episode of that. And next thing I know, I was out. And next thing I know, my phone was ringing. And it was almost three hours later. So there went my day. And then I went out and about uh, a little bit long, a little bit. Uh, after that, had some uh, had some dinner, and then I went to my parents' house, and I played Jeopardy, as I normally do once, maybe twice a week with my mom and dad. I go over there and play Jeopardy with them, and who knows how long, how much longer that show is going to be around. Alex, Alex Trebek, Alex, Alex Trebek has uh, stage four pancreatic cancer, and they thought he was in remission. And was going to beat this thing, but uh, things aren't looking as promising as they were. So who knows how much longer, at least he's going to be there, maybe even the show. Um, I'm pretty sure they would get a new host, but uh, I would think they would probably wait a little while. They wouldn't just replace him. He's been doing it, I don't know how many years. but So I did that, did horribly. I don't know what was wrong, but I could not spit out the answers quick enough, quickly enough to beat uh, anybody and really all three of us didn't do very well tonight but I was extremely slow tonight some good questions though I knew a lot of them they were in my head I just couldn't spit them out fast enough so that's that so that's what I've been doing I stopped by the grocery store on the way home and now I am doing this figured I'd uh, do a show real quick to release on Wednesday you know my new day to release videos. So what do we got here? Um, my first note was lost horribly at Jeopardy. So just went over that. I am coming up. That's why I'm drinking water still. Coming up on ending sober October. What's today? Today is today is the 28th of October. Is that right? Wait a minute. Twenty-eighth, yeah, yeah, twenty-eighth. Couldn't see it so damn small. I got to put my glasses. I don't even know where my glasses are. I have a pair right here, but I'm not sure where my other pair is. This is the pair that I normally use when I go out and about in town somewhere, but my other one's somewhere else. Twenty-eighth. So I got the 29th, I got the thirtieth, and I got the thirty-first. That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those three days I got left. No caffeine. No alcohol. No social media. And then on Friday, it is on. My guys, my dudes, my peeps, my folks. I'm going to be back into the to the mix. Matter of fact, uh, Mr. Paul Stone, Paul Pietrofesso of the Paul Stone Project. He has been doing the Sober October with me. And we have an appointment to meet at Lowe's Foods Beer Den on Friday at 2 p.m. And that's going to be my first beer after a, a full 31 days of no alcohol. So that's exciting. I'll be doing that. Uh, they always have a good selection of beer. They have eight taps up there. They also have a good cooler full of beer. They could probably got the best beer selection in the Somerville area as far as the grocery store goes. So we have made an appointment to meet up there at 2 p.m. and have our two beer limit. And we're probably going to be drunk as a skunk after a full month of not doing anything. So I may not, you know, I've been telling some people, I've been talking about it because it's coming up. I don't even know if I'll go back to drinking coffee anymore. 
I'm pretty sure I'll probably still have some some green tea, some black tea, some red tea, some white tea, all the colors of tea eventually, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if I want to reintroduce caffeine into my daily regimen. You know, I used to go out and get a four-shot latte every single day, uh, pretty much seven days a week without fail. I would have a four-shot latte. Sometimes I'd be sitting at the coffee shop and I'd still be uh, having stuff to do, making notes for this show or working on some editing or just watching a podcast, uh, somebody else's podcast, or maybe even watching a TV show on Netflix or Amazon or something like that. And sometimes I would sit up there and after my four-shot latte, I would get a, a green tea. Or after my four-shot latte, I'd get a drip coffee and just refill the cup with a drip coffee or something. They'd let me just do that. So I drank quite a bit of caffeine. I was on a caffeine high pretty much the entire day. And really not even a caffeine high. I don't even think it really affected me that much anymore. I had built up a tolerance to the caffeine. But, you know, one of the things I've learned throughout this month is, number one, of course, you know, your mind is in control. Your mind, or your mind's not in control, but your mind is really what makes you want to keep doing these habits, you know, whether it be drinking, whether it be smoking, whether it be doing crack, (laughs) whether it be uh, 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 having sex with prostitutes, whatever your addiction is, it's mostly mental. Uh, Most people will tell you all those substances that you put in that your physical addiction is gone within three, four days or whatever. It's the mental addiction that stays with you. And uh, that's something you can definitely control. Well, maybe it is. I have calloused my mind over the years, whether it be through marathons, ultra marathons, Spartan races, triathlons, um, doing stuff like this, doing hard work. And, you know, whatever I put my mind to, I can do. What, what, what was I even getting to? I was getting to that I probably won't go back to caffeine, at least not in the capacity that I used to do it seven days a week. For one, okay, well, here's the two things I learned. That's what I was getting to is, number one, that you can really do anything you put your mind to. This was not hard at all. 31 days. Uh, still got a few days left. You know, I've had multiple people throughout the course of this this month tell me, oh, man, you're almost there. You might as well go ahead and have a drink, man. You've, you've proven that you can do it. And I'm like, you know, it's not proving that I can do it. It's doing it. That's the whole point is... Put your mind to something and and accomplish that because nobody likes a quitter. I mean, that's a saying, right? That's been around for a long time. I don't know who who, uh, made up that saying, but nobody likes a quitter. And, you know, if I would have stopped, even if I was to stop today, even with three days left, that's a failure to me. I did not finish the month that I set out to do. And uh, I've had times where I've done that. I've had other months where, you know, I I did a February one time where I was going to do the entire February. And I went 22 days out of 28. I think it, I don't think it was a leap year that year. So I think, and I picked February because it was the shortest month. Not, not really, but it was a joke that I used to use that I picked February because it was only 28 days. So it was going to be easier. And I went 22 days and I decided to stop and I had, had a drink and I was so pissed off at myself because my goal was the entire month. And uh, I wasn't going to do that this month for sure. But plenty of people tried to derail me. And people will do that. You know, when you're on a course, whether it be a diet, whether it be a fitness routine, whether it be trying to stop drinking or stop doing smoking cigarettes or doing drugs, um, whatever the case may be, whatever you're trying to accomplish, people are going to try and derail you in life. And that is a fact. Because people want you to stay, they want you to stay in their misery. They want you to stay in their addiction. They want you to, um, you know, be their buddies. They want you to be their companion in their shitty life and in their stuff that they're struggling with. They don't want you to leave and go do your own thing. They're going to try and derail you. Don't let them. Stick to your guns. Callous your mind. Um, prove to yourself. And once you, once you get that, that one accomplishment, whether it be quitting smoking for five days, you know, start small if you have to, but um, keep building and keep callousing and keep uh, working on that muscle. And eventually, you know, you can stop for a 30-day period or you can stop for six months or you can stop completely. But a lot of times you have to start small and just, um, you know, work on the small things and kind of build up to it. I usually just dive right in and go big, go big or go home. But I started small at one point or another, 
10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever the case may be. And I can pretty much do whatever I set my mind to, and you can too. Don't let anybody try and derail your goals. They're yours. They're not somebody else's. You don't have to answer to anybody else. You don't have to answer to your mom, to your dad, to your girlfriend, your brothers, your best friend, whatever. Let them do them and you do you, as they say. I don't really like that saying, do you. But it's it's true. Just do what you're doing. So Sober October ends in three days. I will go back to drinking. Uh, I'm going to have some beer. Um, my plan is to kind of cut down my consumption and maybe just, uh, um, you know, reserve it for certain times of the week, maybe, or special occasions or what have you. Um, of course, you know, I work at Homegrown Brew House, which, you know, I had multiple people tell me they don't see how I do it or how I did it or how I'm doing it. Uh, from, you know, being that I work at a bar that has uh, 40 taps on the wall and we have, you know, 20 to 30 beers on the wall at any given time. Every Friday we put new beers on. Um, normally I would sit there and taste whether it be five beers we put on or whether it be 10 beers. I taste a good uh, one or two ounces of each one of those beers and make sure that I know what it tastes like and I can describe to somebody what it tastes like. If somebody comes in and says they want an IPA to taste like XYZ, I can say, oh, well, it's this guy. I just tasted it. It's exactly what you're going to like. And, uh, you know, that's um, what I pride myself on. And that's why I work there is to be the beer expert and make sure that I can pick and get somebody exactly what they want to drink. So I'll be getting back to that. So I'll have my beers. I'll have my two beer limited lows. And then I'm going to go to work and taste whatever new beers we put on the wall. So that's going to be exciting. Um, a lot of people are going to try and derail me on Thursday because Thursday is Halloween coming up. Um, we usually do a candy and beer pairing, a flight um, of, of four different beers and four different candies that will pair with those beers. And uh, costumes, you know, going to be coming in. It's going to be a pretty busy night. we got live music going on. Uh, Mr. Eric Barnett is going to be filling in. Mr. Uh, Fleming Moore, Shady for Mayor, was supposed to play, but he apparently has a, an acting gig or an extra or something he's doing that day. So, Got Eric Barnett to fill in. He's fantastic. He's going to play a lot of Tom Waits songs and uh, other stuff, originals, whatever. But people are going to try and derail me. I know it. On Halloween, they're going to say, oh, come on, man. Uh, you know, it, it, is, it is tomorrow. Go ahead and have a, have a drink tonight. No, I'm not. It's still October. It's October 31st, and that's still the month of October, sober October. That's what it's called. I'm not going to do it. Don't even try it. So... It's going to be exciting, though. We're going to have a good time. Halloween night, we're going to party it up. I uh, can't wait to see what kind of uh, what kind of stuff comes in. Hold on one second. Let me answer this phone call. My dad's calling me. I don't know why he's calling me at 10 o'clock. Yes, sir. I'm in the middle of a podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, I don't have ESPN anyway, so I can't watch it. But all right. Thanks. All right. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to answer that because you know, why is my dad calling me at ten eighteen at night? You know, something wrong with him. Something wrong with my mother. So he was just telling me he's watching <laughs> some kind of UFC event on ESPN two, and uh, he knows I like UFC and martial arts and that stuff. So he's a good dude. He looks out for me. Always has, always will. Um, speaking of my dad, I guess, um, went up yesterday. What's today? Monday? Yeah, yesterday was Sunday. And my uncle Will, uh, my mother's brother, lives here in town now. He's been here for quite a while now, uh, 10 years maybe, I guess. Maybe even longer than that. But for the longest time, he was out on the West Coast. We spent some time in, uh, in the uh, Navy and traveled around. He was in Hawaii for a little while, Panama, I think, a few different places, and uh, got out and stayed in San Diego, out there in California. And I guess fairly recently, 10 years or so, uh, you know, in the span of his life, came back to the Charleston area, and he's been back in town, stayed with my parents for a little while until he got on his feet and figured out where he was going to stay and 
and got a place and uh, got all his stuff delivered and uh, lived on a boat for a little while. He's uh, lived on a boat, sailboat for a lot of his life and lived on a boat for a little while in a marina out in uh, West Ashley. Moved to another place and lived out of a, a van that he converted into uh, a sleeper and lived there and continued to work on uh, various projects, boats, different cars, whatever at this other, um, not a marina, but a, um, it was some kind of boat storage place. I don't know, something out there, but it was off the water. And he just ended up buying a foreclosure out in Andrews, South Carolina. So yesterday, my dad and I and my Uncle Will took, um, we towed one of his boats. My dad towed it with his vehicle. I drove um, his Jeep Cherokee, and then my Uncle Will drove his um, sleeper van, and we all caravaned up to uh, Anderson, South Carolina. Left early in the morning. I had about three hours of sleep. Four hours, I think. Four hours of sleep. No, about three hours. Three hours of sleep. So <clears throat> went out, um, picked him up. We almost couldn't get the boat attached to my dad's car. The um, the latch, uh, you know, when you put the, the trailer hitch down onto the, onto the hitch, onto the ball, there's a latch that you latch. And this little coupler comes down and it... And, um, secures onto that ball so it doesn't pop off of the ball you know when you hit a bump or something it doesn't pop off it has to latch, lock, lock or latch so we did that uh, finally got it you know we had with a, a little bit of hammering a little bit of manipulation we got it latched down um caravan on up is about um i don't know 60 miles or so a little over an hour because we were, we were doing about 45, 50, 55 miles an hour just because it's towing a trailer, uh, a giant boat, a huge boat, and it was packed down with a bunch of his belongings, stuff like that. So it was pretty heavy. Rode up there. He got a foreclosure. Um, I looked it up on Zillow. I know this probably isn't interesting, but I'm just I'm telling you what I've been doing. The, the last time this house was sold, three bedrooms, two baths, so one and a half stories, Got a carport off to the side, attached carport, uh, 0.31 acres in the back. Last time it was sold was 2006. The house was built in 1920s. Uh, last remodel on the house was 1960s. Oh, the sale pr price on it in 2006 was $111,000. Small little town, about 40,000 people or so. Um, it got foreclosed on. And of course, it's, you know, kind of just been in shambles since it got foreclosed. A lot of people, you know, I, when I was out in Vegas, <clears throat> when I moved to Vegas, we were looking at a lot of houses and that was right at the housing, uh, when the housing market dropped, you know, the bottom dropped out of it. Out in Vegas, we were looking at a lot of houses and the real estate was showing us a lot of houses that were in foreclosure. And it's amazing, you know, once that house goes into foreclosure, these people just rip the house apart, man. They take, they take out the appliances. They take out light fixtures, um, fucking, um, air conditioning vents. I mean, just all, you wouldn't believe the stuff that people ransack out of these houses. So this house is pretty debilitated. You know, it's, it's structurally sound, I think. Um, but anyway, he got, he bought it in a foreclosure for 20,800 bucks. So really a good deal. It's definitely a fixer upper. Um, and I say that very, <laughs> very loosely. It is, oh my God, he's got so much work to do, but he's retired and that's what he loves to do. He is very good with his hands. He's very good, uh, mechanically. He can fix pretty much anything and build pretty much anything. Um, I think he, he had a career, uh, for the longest time out there in San, in San Diego with General Electric, I think, or not General Electric, General Dynamics. Something general, I think. But he's a graphic designer by trade. Uh, very smart dude. Like I said, he can fix and build pretty much anything. And he bought this house specifically as a fixer-upper. And said, okay, I'm, I'm tired of living in a trailer. I'm tired of living in a van. I'm tired of living on a sailboat. I think I'm going to build. I'm, I'm going to buy a house. I think it was uh, 1,700 square feet. And he's just going to take it piece by piece. And just, that's going to be his project. He'll sleep in one room and. Uh, he'll just work on the other things. 
the uh, the roof has a pretty big leak on, a, on an extra addition. It's actually got a fourth bedroom now that was built off to the side with the carport. And uh, it's got a pretty significant leak. He, uh, first, things, first things first is he's going to fix the roof and uh, go from there and just go room by room and, and try and renovate it and eventually maybe turn and, and sell it and make a pretty decent profit off of it. So he's also got uh, two boats that will be in the backyard that he's, um, you know, one is a giant sailboat. I mean, I, I don't even know how big this thing is, how tall it is, how long it is, how, how much it weighs, but huge, you know, below cabin, uh, quarters, all that stuff, um, shower, bathroom, living, uh, sleeping area, just the whole thing, inboard motor, diesel. That's his big project that he's been working on forever. I mean, really 10 years probably. And, uh, he's got another one that uh, we towed up there yesterday, a much smaller boat, about half the size probably that he is uh, renovating as well. And then he's still got his van that he's working with. Still making modifications to that. So he's got a lot of work ahead of him. And I, I emailed him yesterday, told him I enjoyed uh, going up there with him and helping him out because it was a last-minute decision. I, I decided the day before, I think, or two days prior that I was going to go up there and help him. My my aunt, uh, Mikey, was going to go with him, and uh, she was pretty happy that I decided to go instead. And st- she decided to stay back because I was going, so... Um, and good thing because there was a lot of heavy lifting involved. So she was happy about it. And I think my parents, my dad was, and I think my uncle was as well. So did that all day yesterday and then came back late uh, yesterday afternoon through some pouring rain. Luckily, we didn't get any rain on us. Uh, we thought we were going to be driving in the rain, which was going to be kind of sketchy, you know, towing that boat. And then we thought once we got there and started unloading some stuff and putting a few few items into the house, a few of the bigger items that my uncle couldn't move by himself, we thought maybe we were going to be doing that in the rain as well. But we didn't. We did not. Um, so that was uh, yesterday. That was fun. <clears throat> I'm eating a sweet tart. Hold on. I have some sweet tarts left over from the other day at work. I will say this, I did not say during Sober October (laughs) that I wasn't going to eat any sweets. My original plan, I didn't state it in my plans, so that gave myself an excuse to keep it out of my plans, but I didn't say I was almost going to go strict carnivore carnivore for the month, and then I was also going to kind of get back to keto. I've done that for the most part. Actually, I've eaten a lot of I've eaten a lot of salads this month. If I'm being honest, I'm always and I'm always being honest with you guys. But I've eaten a lot of salads. I just decided, what the hell? I'm gonna start eating a few salads here and there. I don't think I need to. Like I said, my biomarkers when I've done blood work, um, um, basically doing a carnivore diet, everything has been fine as far as mineral and vitamin levels and whatever testosterone, all the different things that they test haven't really seen that I have a need for vegetables that my body can uh, can uh, survive on meat alone and get all the nutrients that I need you know based on my just genetic makeup my um, my lineage uh, my lineage lineage the fuck is lineage a word? I don't think lineage is a word but um what was I what was I talking about oh if I started eating some salads I don't know. Salads are good. I like them. I think they're pretty tasty, depending on the type of dressing that you put on them. I mean, uh, leaves aren't really tasty on their own. But what I did not do is I did not make that a rule. So what I've ended up doing is I've, I've I think I've substituted a sweet I've substituted a sweet tooth for alcohol and caffeine, hence the uh, sweet tarts here. So what else have I? substituted during the month well numerous times and i say numerous meaning probably three times i've eaten a half a gallon of ice cream so i've eaten a gallon and a half of ice cream so far what ice cream have i been getting well first off my roommate i was just rummaging through the refrigerator one night i just had a hankering for something i just wanted to eat something whatever it was so i went through the refrigerator opened up the bottom drawer of the uh, the freezer and lo and behold, there was a 
container of cookies and cream ice cream sitting down there that uh, my roommate had bought. So I opened that guy up, and this kind of started the whole the whole trend. I opened that guy up, and he'd already taken you know probably just a, a small bowl worth of uh, cookies and cream out of there. Well, that night I ate three large bowls and pretty much finished that entire container of cookies and cream. My roommate came home and I told him, uh, I'm going to have to go to the store and buy you some more ice cream tomorrow because I just ate all your ice cream. So I did that. The next day I went out, I bought him a new container of cookies and cream ice cream. Unbeknownst to me, he had already bought a new container because he wasn't sure if I was going to st- stay true to my word and buy him a new container. So, so now we had two containers of cookies and cream down there. At the time that I bought him a replacement cookies and cream, I bought me a chocolate ice cream moose tracks container. And that night, I ate about half of that container. And these are half-gallon containers. I think uh, a night or two later, I finished the rest of that container. So there's, um, you know, almost a gallon of ice cream within a few days there. And then I ran out, you know, I I ate all my moose tracks. So I started dipping back into the container of cookies and cream that I bought him as a replacement. So now I'm eating the replacement cookies and cream. Well, lo and behold, again, I've eaten that entire container of ice cream. So that's pretty much a gallon and a half of ice cream I've eaten so far. And now... With three days left on Sober October, I just left the store. And I bought a half gallon of... What the fuck did I buy this time? No, let's backtrack. Yesterday, I bought another half gallon of the Moose Tracks ice cream. Chocolate. I ate that entire container between yesterday and today. Good Lord. I've eaten a lot of ice cream. Let's put it that way. Um, And I need to stop. But I just bought a new container of ice cream. And I'm going to eat that. After this podcast, I'm going to eat some of it. So I have substituted some sugar. Let's put it that way. And sweet tarts. All right. Two. To help with the Sober October... And it definitely has helped with uh, the sugar that I've added to my diet for the month. I did a uh, five-day fast about two weeks in to to the month. I did a five-day fast, nothing but water, no supplements, no anything. Strictly water, probably about a gallon, a gallon and a half of water per day. Nothing else by mouth. Nothing else by anus either (laughs) or any any other orifice. I ate nothing. Just water only. Within five days, I lost 14 pounds. Felt phenomenal. Felt really flat. Skin felt tight. Everything. Five-day fast, man. It's phenomenal. Um, you know, it increases uh, stem cell production at, at one point. Uh, human growth hormone. Um, it spikes autophagy. You're always having autophagy, which is your body just kind of eating dead cells and regenerating itself. Um, but this uh, increases autophagy. And lets your body do that exclusively because you're not having to digest anything. So all your body systems have nothing to do but just kind of replenish and regenerate and renew. So I did that for five days. Um, it pretty much, over a five-day period, pretty much renews or restores your entire immune system. So you get a brand new immune system, white blood cells, red blood cells, autophagy happens, the stem cells. Stem cells are going to help uh, kind of repair some you know, if you got some injuries, if you got some aches and pains here and there, um, it's going to help to go in and repair those. I mean, you just got all these little guys just going around saying, okay, we're not digesting. We're not uh, doing this. We're not storing fat. We're not spiking insulin. We don't have all these hormones going on. So we got nothing else to do but just uh, start uh, repairing shit. Kind of like my uncle's going to do with that house up there. So that's what happened. Five-day period. I felt fantastic. Um, since then, I've done a 24-hour fast, and I've done a 36-hour fast. I've done a a few or a lot almost every day. I've done an intermittent fast, you know, 16, 12, 
to 16 hours at a time of intermittent fasting and uh, pretty much just eating one time a day. And then, like I said, I've been eating nothing but uh, salads with a little bit of meat in it, uh, light dressing, low-calorie dressing, or low-sugar <clears throat> dressing, uh, sometimes just oil and vinegar. So it's been a good month. I've had a good time. What's going to happen next month? Well, next month, uh, I'm calling it Movember. It's spelled Movember. So it's just like November, but it's it's an M on the front instead of an N. Clever. I don't know if it's been done before. I was going to look it up and see if anybody else has done it. But I'm calling it Movember. So for the entire month of November, I think every single day. So how many days in November? We have 30 days in November. Is that right? 30 days in a row, I'm going to do some sort of activity, some sort of exercise, whether it be sprints, whether it be running, whether it be uh, just a martial arts workout, whether it be uh, just a gym workout in my gym, you know, uh, push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, uh, rope pulls, um, punching bag. I got a wooden dummy, a wooden chung dummy, um, bench press, um, jump rope, whatever. It's going to be some sort of activity, bike riding. I got I get a road bike and a mountain bike. Move Ember. Get out and move for the whole month. And, uh, of course, I'm going to tighten, you know, keep my diet a little tightened up, kind of get off the ice cream. Um, add some beer back in there periodically. Um, still probably stay off the caffeine, but uh, Movember. It's just uh, it's a month to move. I'm not doing this stupid uh, no-shave thing or whatever. I'm tired of uh, tired of facial hair. If you haven't noticed, I haven't had any facial hair for a while. So Movember. And then <clears throat> I think what I'm also going to do, speaking of salads, I'm going to do a little experiment for the month of November as well. And I'm going to go mostly plant-based for the month. And I just want to see how I feel. You know, I've done, I've done keto. I've done the standard American diet. I've done mostly carnivore, you know, 90, 95% carnivore for uh, a month at a time, months at a time, periods of time, whatever. I'm going to do a month and go mostly plant-based. And I just want to see what difference does I see. Uh, do I feel more bloated? Do I have better bowel movements? Which I don't have any problem with that, uh, too much information. But, um, you know, do I feel better? Does my eyesight improve? Does the ringing in my ears improve? Does my blood uh, disorder that I have improve or, or increase or decrease? So all these various things. And then, of course, uh, toward the end of the month, I'm going to get my biomarkers checked again. Hopefully, I can uh, get a lab to do that for me. Free of charge, as usual, either the VA or the base, and um, check my biomarkers. Let's see what happens. So I'm just a, a human experiment is what I am at this point. Just trying different things. So November, move every day and go into a plant-based, mostly plant-based diet. So there you go. There you go. So let's see. So we're October, starting November, lost at Jeopardy, the five-day fast, my uncle's new house. And uh, you saw last episode, I sat down with Clayton Lewis. That was fun. We had a good time. Uh, it's kind of like pulling teeth, though. It's like Clayton just did not want to talk that episode. I don't know why. Uh, the mayor race, I was going to talk about that a little bit. Not really. I'm looking at the time now, I'm not going to talk much about that. But it's, it's heating up a little bit. Uh, Fleming's pulling out, pulling out big, the big guns. That's, um, he's doing some videos that I've heard that, uh, he's really taking it to Mr. Bill Hearn and really calling him out on some of his politics and some of his contributions and some things like that. He's, uh, he's putting, the, taking the gloves off at this point. And, you know, we got, um, the 5th of November. So we got three days plus five. That's eight. If my math is right. We get eight days till election day. I think he's pulling out the stops to try and uh, make a little push toward the end here. Um, if anything, I think he's going to come in above Brandon King. Uh, I've, I'm calling right now that unless something really extravagant happens, I am calling that Ricky Waring is going to be mayor of Somerville. Um, that's my prediction. I don't know. I think... Fleming has a fairly good chance of coming in a close second. Um, I could be completely wrong. I don't know, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to uh, 
sit back and turn the news on that night and just kind of watch the numbers come in. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. I, I still sit back and I still wish that I would have thrown my name into the hat. Uh, I've been to some of these debates and some of these uh, town halls and things. It would have been fun to get up there and, and have some debates with these guys and and uh, see if I could have wowed the people of Somerville and made a difference and, and got their vote and maybe have won the thing. I don't know. But I hope some people still write in my name. So if you're listening and you can vote in Somerville, hell, write in my name. Let's see what happens. Let's see how many votes I can get without even running. That would be awesome. And I've mentioned that before. It would be cool to see how many votes I could get without even putting one sign out, without doing any promotion, without doing any fundraising whatsoever. But I still, I still wish I kind of would have. I think it would have been fun. Even, even with, Fleming, with Fleming running, I think it would have been fun to get out there and do it with him. And uh, I would have had a good time. And I can talk pretty well. I can, and I've got good ideas, really. And I, I, think, I'm a, I think I'm a good person. I think I've got a, a good vision of the way life um, could be and maybe should be. And I can see, I can, I can identify problems and, and I can usually come up with a solution for it. So, but I didn't, I did not, but the mayor race coming up eight days. It's going to be fun. What else? I think that's about it, man. That is about it. Uh, next week, hopefully, you know, I got that bottle of Mad Dog downstairs. Um, I was going to do the Mad Dog episode. I think there's a bigger bottle in that. I still haven't checked or found out or, or gotten an answer to that. But I don't think that 375 milliliter bottle that I have is the the full size bottle that uh, I was challenged to drink during the show. So I'm going to go out this week, the rest of this week, and, and maybe this weekend, see if I can find a regular size Mad Dog bottle because I think it's double that size at least. And. Uh, yeah, next week might be the Mad Dog episode. Fuck it. I might just do it. My tolerance is going to be down because I've been off of alcohol for a month. That's going to make it even more interesting. But I think I want to I want to see what happens. I want to see if I can do it. See if I can maintain my composure. Probably not the smartest idea, but I'm going to do it on a day that I'm not working and a day that I don't have to work the next day. So I can just sit in and sleep the rest of the next day and, and I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So the Mad Dog episode maybe is coming up next week. Maybe. I'd say 90% sure at this point. Maybe 93%. Uh, upcoming shows. I already talked about Eric Barnett coming up. Uh, Homegrown Brewhouse, 117 South Main Street. He's coming up Halloween night. And then Friday will be the first Friday of the month. We're going to have Mr. Ron Daniel. He plays first Friday of every month from 8 to 10. They're at Homegrown, and then do I have anybody after Ron? Yeah, we have Mr. Roger Mindwater playing November 2nd. It's a Saturday night. I've added Saturday nights now to the mix there at Homegrown. So we've got live music Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights from 8 to 10 on top of uh, Studio 117 shows that we'll do on Saturday on some Saturdays as well. So three shows coming up this week. It's going to be a good weekend of music. Enjoy all those guys. I enjoy everybody I book. I mean, that's why I book them in there. So that is probably about it, guys. Let me go back to my notes and make sure one more time. I don't think I had anything else. <clears throat> um, yeah, a couple things on here, but I'll save them for next week. Cause I got to start building a list for next week. And, uh, we're going to get drunk. Um, oh, I did get a message from, um, what the hell was I getting ready to say? Oh, two different things. So I'm going to have a guy named uh, Matthew Christman is going to come on the show here probably next month. I think we're going to do it after he plays at Homegrown. He plays at Homegrown on, and I'll, I'll talk about this again uh, to keep it fresh, but he plays November 21st, the third Thursday of the month. Uh, next month, so he's going to play, and I think what what we're, the plan is is I'm going to talk to him after he finishes playing that night, and after I close down Homegrown, we'll do it there in Studio 117, like I did with Clayton, and I've done with Fleming, 
and I'm going to sit down and talk with local musician Matthew Christman. And then also, I got a very exciting message from a friend of mine. He's been on the episode. He's been on the show. I can't remember what episode it was. Chris Filan. He is the guy that uh, I think we called it the Rockabilly episode. I think you can go on YouTube or iTunes or any of those places and, and search for it. Chris Filan. And he, when he talked to us, he was in in the planning stages of opening up a House of Brews West Ashley. I was coming back from a parent's house tonight, got a message on Instagram, opened it up. Even though I'm not on social media, um, Instagram, I still kind of check from time to time just to see uh, followers and see what's going on, see if I'm um, climbing. I haven't been doing personal social media, let's put it that way. And uh, he messaged me and said, hey, I think House of Brews West Ashley may be open next week. And that is exciting news. I'm real excited. And uh, he wants to get together and and sit down and talk about it. Uh, I'll probably do a remote, take all my equipment over to his location. And um, yeah, we're going to sit down and talk about House of Brews West Ashley. Exciting stuff. So that's coming up. We might do that next week or the week after. So look look for that coming up. So a few guests here and there, and then I'll still be doing some solo things. So I think that's it, ladies and gents and whoever else is out there in between. Folks, as I say now, instead of guys, sometimes, sometimes I still say guys, but I'm trying, you know, we should all try. Why not? You know, people um, want to start being called different things, and I'm not going into this whole tangent, but, um, you know, why... Why deny it if, if there if we if there's going to be more genders um, pronouns and things out there? Who gives a shit? Just fucking let's call people what they want to be called. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We've done that throughout time. Things and the way we say things and the way we uh, approach people and, and talk about people and what we call people has changed throughout the existence. Of people, so things are going to continue to change. Change is the only constant. So get off your fucking high horse and stop saying, oh, I just want it to be the way it's always been. Well, no, that's not how fucking life works. Things change, so relax. Don't be so grumpy. (laughs) All right, folks, I am out of here. I'm going to go drink some more water. I'm going to go down and eat some ice cream. All right? And we will talk to you next week, and we'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Peace out.